Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Pastor Sean texted me yesterday, and he's trying to blame all this rain on me. <laughs> I'm like, no. Well, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for this great privilege you give me of being the one who gives your word to your people. I'm not praying for anointing because the anointing's already here. The anointing stays with me. So help me this morning, Lord, just to flow in it and to flow with it today and to flow with you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to talk, spend a couple Sundays talking about discipleship. This is probably one of the subjects that will thin the herd quicker than anything else will. This is the kind of thing and this is the kind of subject that will thin the crowd out real quick. Jesus was real good at that. He was very good at thinning the crowd. When he said things like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any life in you. The word says it People looked and said, um, I'm out. That's too hard a saying. Or when he would look at the religious elite and say, yeah, you're of your father, the devil. <laughs> and so, um, number one, the first caveat in this is, I am probably the least worthy one to be given and talking about this being a disciple. But it's something that you don't hear really, really taught. I mean, in its proper sense and in its, the, the way it should be presented, which is what this book says about discipleship. And so we're going to just talk about we're going to talk today about just discipleship, what it means, what, what it's all about. And then next week, we're going to talk about how we implement that and how Jesus saw it, how Jesus saw discipleship. So we're going to go to a scripture, and I don't really have a base scripture for this because there were so many. As I was reading, I was just like, you know, where do I go here? But Jesus said in John 26, uh, John 12, 26, he said this. He says, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. If anyone serves me, him, my father, will honor. In the New Living Translation, it says, if anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And the Father will honor anyone who serves me. The Amplified says, if anyone serves me, he must continually 
to faithfully follow me without hesitation, holding steadfastly to me, conforming to my example in living, and, if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. And wherever I am, there my servant will be also. Anyone, if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. The Passion says it this way, if you want to be my disciple, follow me. And you will go where I am going. And if you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favor upon your life. I like that. If you follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favor on your life. There's another scripture over in Luke. And these are, these are I'm sure some of these are scriptures that you are familiar with. Jesus taught a lot about disciple. Well, he, he taught a lot about being a disciple and what a disciple was. If you go and you read the Sermon on the Mount, that's basically Discipleship 101. If you read the Sermon on the Mount, that's basically, this is what being a disciple is like. This is what being a disciple will be in your life. Luke 6.40 says um, this, It says, a disciple is not above his master, their teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. I want you to latch on to the last part of that. Everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. The Amplified Bible says a student is not superior to his teacher, but everyone, after he has been completely trained, will be like his teacher. The Weymouth says there is no disciple who is superior to his teacher, but everyone whose instruction is complete will be like his teacher. The Mount says a student is not above his teacher, but everyone, when fully prepared, will be like his teacher. So are you getting the jest here of what Dean said? I told the Lord when he, when he, when he, when he said this, that, you know, I think sometimes people think that when God prepares to, begins to prepare someone for ministry, that he comes to them and says, listen, these people are a bunch of knotheads, and they're doing this wrong, and you need to go set them straight. That's not the case. Not with me, anyway. Normally, when I, preparation for me means God dealing with my heart about things. And he has dealt with me about this, especially in the last week. To where I was just like, oh, really, Lord? You got to find somebody else, because I'm, 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 I'm. But the Lord, you know, you just have to be obedient and know that He knows what He's doing. And so basically, what you're going to for the next two weeks, you're just going to be listening to the conversations that have gone on between me and the Lord. Number one thing about. Being a disciple of Christ 
is that you cannot be a Christian and not be a disciple. I'm going to say that again. You cannot be a Christian and not be a disciple. The minute you say, Jesus, come into my heart, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, you automatically hear the call from Jesus, come and follow me. Come and be my disciple. When you accept Jesus, you're called to follow him. You're called to be his disciple. Now some of you may be thinking, I don't feel like a disciple. That doesn't matter. If you've chosen to follow Christ, you're a disciple. You're a disciple on the days you feel like it. You're a disciple on the days that you don't feel like it. You're a disciple when you're happy. You're a disciple when you're sad. You're a disciple when you think you're doing okay. And you're a disciple when you think, I'm not doing so good. You're still a disciple. You do not escape that, folks. One man said this, uh, probably wrote the, the greatest book on discipleship that, that you can read, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who wrote, um, what's the name of the book? Gossip Discipleship. He said this, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. Disciples are the evidence, the living proof of all Jesus did and taught. That's what being a disciple is. You and I, you and I, are to be living evidence of everything, not just some things. You and I are to be evidence of everything Jesus taught and lived. Now, nobody said this is easy. Quite the contrary. If it was easy, I wouldn't be standing up here having to teach on it because you'd all have it down. We'd all have it down. Disciples are the evidence, the living proof of all Jesus did and taught. A disciple is a person who answers Jesus' call to follow him and to reproduce his lifestyle. That's our job as a disciple, is to reproduce the lifestyle of Christ. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? When you really said, what? Think about it. There were people that came to Jesus, and they said, I'm going to follow you. I'm following you. And Jesus did his very best to show them what it was going to mean. He tried his best to teach them. He said, remember the guy that came and said, I'm, I'm following you. Let's go. And what did Jesus tell him? He said, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man doesn't have anywhere to lay his head. 
In other words, you're, you're, you're not going to have anything. You're not going to be able to hold on to anything that is of value to you. He said to, uh, 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 there was somebody else who came to Jesus and talked to him about following him. And they were, they were ready to follow him, but they started making excuses as to, well, I need to do this first, and I need to do this first. And, I got, and, and Jesus was trying to get them to see that when he said, follow me, it wasn't going to be a fun excursion. Now, serving Christ, don't get me wrong, serving Christ is great. There's no other. There's no other way to live. There is no other way to live. But there are times, if you're going to walk as a disciple, that you there are going to be times when you're walking completely and totally by faith, and you're going to be totally walking totally by what this word tells you, because everything within your spirit is going to say, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're on the wrong track. You're not. You're 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 this or you're that. And being a disciple is going to say, no, I'm 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 doing what this word says. I'm doing my best to do what this word says. And so, because Jesus said to come and follow Him, that's what I'm doing. I may not do it right. I may not do it perfect. But I'm following. Ephesians five one in the trash. The Passion Translation says this. Be imitators of God in everything you do. And we can stop right there and spend the rest of the time just talking about that. Be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your Father as his beloved sons. So basically, when we talk about discipleship and being a disciple, that's what we're talking about doing. We're talking about being an imitator of Christ. Now, the first thing we want to do is start focusing on, on, on every area where we, we ain't getting it done, as we should. But every once in a while, you have to stop and you have to realize and see how God is working in your life. You have to see the good. You have to see the the positives as well as the negatives. Because if you dwell in the negatives all the time, then you're always going to be, the tendency is to try to, to do it in yourself. The tendency is to look at those things to such a point to where you start trying to strive within yourself to do this You can't be a disciple by yourself. You can't just make up your mind, well, I'm going to be a disciple, and off you go. No, no. You have to depend on Christ. You have to depend on the finished work of the cross. You have to depend on what he's done and what he's put inside of you. That is what enables you to be a disciple. An imitator, that word imitator, gives the idea of playing a role like an actor, or becoming like someone or something. That's what basically what a disciple is. You are becoming like Christ. 
You're becoming like Christ. Your job, your responsibility as a disciple is to become like Christ. I, again, see this. We we have we have not done a good job of teaching discipleship. That's why our pastor has stood up here Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday, and talked to us about spiritual maturity. Because it is this this is vital. This is vital. If you and I are going to do what we're supposed to be doing, we have to be making the effort. We have to be allowing the work of Christ to be completed in us. The word disciple itself is mathetes. It means a person who learns from another by formal or informal instruction. Not just a learner, but a follower. One who adheres completely to the teachings of another. That's a disciple. A disciple, plain and simple, a disciple is a learner and a follower. This is the primary word that was used to describe the people in the early church of the Gospels and Acts. They were called disciples. The word Christian you really don't even see it come into existence until Acts 11. And that's what the, the people in Antioch started calling believers. They started calling Christians. But up until that point, the term had been follower or disciple. You want to really throw somebody for a loop when they ask you if you're a Christian, say, No, I'm a disciple. No, I'm a follower. I'm a follower of Christ. I'm a disciple of Christ. That's who I am. Do people call me Christian? Yeah, but in basics, in 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 basics, I'm 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 a disciple of Christ. I'm his follower. So one of the <laughs> one of the things I think that we have to get past is the idea, and trust me, this idea does exist, that a disciple is a superior Christian. The disciple is not a superior Christian. <laughs> you don't reach a certain level and then, okay, now, now you're a disciple. No, no, no. You're a disciple the minute you say, Jesus, come into my heart. We already said that. We already put that down as the basis. The minute you say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, the call comes to you, come and follow me. He doesn't wait till you're perfect. He doesn't wait till you're mature. He doesn't wait till you get all your ducks in a row spiritually. Because for some of us, he would be waiting a long time. <laughs> Me included. He'd, he'd be saying, are they, are they ever going to get this done? No, the minute you come to Christ, he's, he, at that moment, 
the call comes to you to follow him, to be his disciple. Sometimes we have to, we have to make people understand that if you want to be a Christian, you must be a disciple. Being a disciple is not for the serious, the special, the fivefold ministry. It is for all who come to Christ. Don't be looking at other people and, and judging where they are in their spiritual walk and judging whether they're a disciple and you're not. Because in the spirit, according to the according to God's mindset, you're on equal ground. You're both disciples. You're both followers. You're both learners. And there's nothing that, that's, there's no place in the word where you can find any kind of validity in, in that statement of, well, you have to be somebody special to be a disciple. The, the disciples were not special men. They were a bunch of roughnecks. They were a bunch of rough guys. They were a task collector. (laughs) Everybody hated him. Nobody liked him. A zealot. All he cared about was killing Romans. That was his his idea of religion. That was his idea of being a, a good Christian, a good Jew, was to kill as many Romans as you could kill. Fishermen, that's all they knew how to do was fish. So there was nothing superior about them. There was nothing, look at their lives. My Lord, what they had to go through and what they went through. They literally followed him for three and a half years. And when push came to shove, they all ran and hid. Think about that. (laughs) When it came time to really make a stand, when it came time to really stand, it wasn't Peter may have denied him publicly, but the rest of them, poof, you couldn't have found them. They were out hiding because they were afraid for their own hide and their own skin. So there was nothing special about these guys. Discipleship is not a state of relationship for an elite class. It's a call for all who come to Christ. Listen to what Jesus said. To me, this is, this is the greatest prayer that is prayed in the word of God. That you may have a different opinion, that's, that's okay. He said this in John 17, 13 through 18. This is, this is the prayer that Jesus is praying just before he goes. He, he's in the last days or hours of his life. And he's praying. And he says this in, in John 17, and I, I'm going to read 13 through 18, and I, I, I think this is in the, the Passion too. I have given them your message, and that is why the unbelieving world hates them. For their allegiance is no longer to this world because I am not of this world. 
I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. Listen to this. I have commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. This is Jesus praying to the Father, and he says, I'm commissioning them to represent me, just like you, Father, represented me and commissioned me to represent you to them. So the first thing we have to really get into our into our hearts it, it, it is this fact that there, you don't get excluded from discipleship. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care how many mistakes you make. I don't care how many times you stumble and fall. You are still a disciple of Christ. Nothing changes that. Nothing makes a father, he does, he, he's not sitting up in heaven going, oh, there they go again. No, he is continually trying to pour into us so that we can pour out to the world and be his example. Discipleship is not positional. It is relational. Discipleship is not positional. It is relational. Discipleship is not a title that you wear. It's a lifestyle you choose to live. Discipleship is not a title that you earn. Discipleship is a lifestyle that you decide to take up. Discipleship requires relationship with the living God. It requires intimacy, daily interaction, continuous conversation between student and teacher. It requires intimacy daily interaction and continuous conversation between student and teacher. I cannot tell you how many times in this last week that I have done something, said something to Kathy, and walked away and, and, and my spirit comes out and it comes out my mouth. Well, that's not how a disciple is. Was that, was that a disciple move? Was that a disciple action? Was that a disciple word? Was that a disciple thought? I found something out. That the greatest source of frustration for me when talking about discipleship and being a disciple, my greatest source of frustration is not Pastor Sean. It's not the people that I go to church with and I fellowship with. 
It's not my wife. It's not my family. My greatest source of frustration when it comes to being a disciple is the guy I see when I look in the mirror. I, I, I can't tell you how personal this has hit home with me this week. I can't tell you how many times I've walked away from something going, you idiot. What is wrong with you? How in the world? And, 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 and you walk away thinking, so my greatest source of frustration when it comes to being a disciple is Mark. I don't know, maybe that's yours too. <laughs> no, each one of us, each one of us, if you really get down to brass tacks about this, the greatest source of, fresh, of spiritual frustration in our lives comes from us. Because we start looking at what we, <laughs> we start looking, uh, uh, we're reading, uh, Kathy and I are going through um, John Bevere's book, The Awe of God. And he said something in there that, uh, when we read a few nights ago about three images um, that exist about us. There's the projected image. What's the other one, Kath? The perceived image, the projected image, and the real image. The perceived image is what y'all see. That's the perceived image. The projected image is what I put off. The real image is what Christ sees. And so, when it comes to being a disciple, you really have to be able to shut off all the thoughts that are coming to you from outside. You have to be able to shut down everything that's coming to you from the outside because you're going you're gonna to do something and those thoughts are going to come and, and the enemy is going to jump right in and he's going to say, yep, yep, that's right. Did you hear what you just said about yourself? Did you hear what you just thought? Did you see what you just thought? But a disciple, a disciple... This is a, a, a it's, it's not a title that we get just because we come to, to Christ. This is something, it's a lifestyle, guys. It's a lifestyle that we choose. I was, when we were in Tennessee a couple weeks ago, and we went to Nashville. There's a place there, uh, it's a street that's called Music Row. And uh, you walk down this street, and it's all bar and grills. And each each place has a live band playing it. And I mean, they're, I mean, these are top-notch people playing. I mean, they're great. And they have the front the fronts of the of the buildings that open up. They can open the windows, and you hear these live bands just constantly. And I'm a music guy. Always been. And I've always wanted to go to Nashville. So here I am. In my bucket, you know, checking off the bucket list. And I'm walking down and I'm listening to these bands play and I'm watching people and people come there to party. I mean, I spend good money to come there and do what they can do at home. 
I'll tell you how dumb it is. We're watching, and here comes this, I can't get off on this very long, but here comes this big wagon thing. And it's coming down the street, and people are on it, and they're, they're I mean, they're, they're whooping it up, having a you know, party. And, and I'm looking, and they're pedaling. They're making this thing go down the street. And they're paying money for this. They paid money to do this. And the guy, he's just steering, and he's, that's all he's doing. He's just steering. Everybody else is doing the work. I'm thinking, this, I don't know how much you paid through this, but if you paid anything, you paid too much. Go home, sit on your bike. I mean, but people pay, I mean, they, they pay a lot of money to go there just, just to drink a party. So I'm walking down the streets, and there's something inside of me that's just going, and I'm, I'm, I'm walking down, and I'm thinking, what is wrong with you? You ought to be, you're, you, this, is what you, you, this is on your bucket list. And I'm walking, and it's a long street. You walk down one side, and we walked up the other. And I just, there's this something inside of me that's just like, and I'm asking myself, what in the world is wrong with you? And we left, and I'm walking, and, and I'm still this feeling, and I'm just like, what in the world? <laughs> Finally, Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, you want to know what's wrong with you? I said, please. He said, me? He said, me? He said, that's not who you are. You're my follower. You're my disciple. That spirit, that's not the spirit that dwells in you. That's not who you follow. That's not who you're after. The spirit that lives in you would rather go and sit in an over 200-year-old church where you heard that the move of God happened and sit there and say, hey, maybe the Lord will speak to me. So I'm going to just sit here and be quiet and listen. That's the spirit the Lord told me. That's, that's, that's the spirit that makes you up now. You may not do it perfect. You may, you may blow this thing up so bad sometimes that you don't think it's ever going to get put back together. But he said, because you're my follower and because you walk with me, that's the spirit that's in you, my spirit. Discipleship is not just a title you wear. It's a lifestyle that you choose to live. We used to sing, and I've been thinking of this song a lot, an old, an old hymn. And really, you don't, if you really stop and think about it, you don't really hear even in, in worship music, there's great music being written, great songs, but you don't hear a whole lot of them about taking up the cross and following Jesus. We used to sing an old hymn, take up your cross and follow me. I hear the blessed Savior call. How can I make a lesser sacrifice when Jesus gave his all? 
We used to sing songs like, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Because we understood the church at that time, were they perfect? No, but they understood and they had a good grasp on discipleship. Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, made probably one of my favorite, my favorite quotes. He said this, when God calls a man, he bids him come and die. When God calls a man, he bids him come and die. It's a relationship. Discipleship is not optional or non-essential. It is a divine necessity. It is a divine requirement. A church, and, and, and this is going to make more sense to you, why Pastor Sean has been on this thing about being spiritually mature and about making others spiritually mature and about being and, and making disciples, how important it is. A church that centers on making disciples is the church that will send well-equipped, well-trained people into the world to be used to establish a godly presence in the world. I'm going to say it again. A church that centers on making disciples is a church that will send well-equipped, well-trained people into the world to be used to establish a godly presence in the world the world. You want to know why God has put this on this man's heart so greatly? Because he understands and he has received that revelation from God. This is what I want this church to be successful at. I want this church sending out well-equipped people that can create a godly influence in the world. I want to create, I want a bunch of people that can change the atmosphere when they get out there. That when people come by and walk by them, they, they feel, whoa, something's different. The success of a church lies in its willingness and its effort to raise up disciples who follow and imitate Christ. The success of a church lies in its willingness to and effort to raise up disciples who follow and imitate Christ. I found this quote. I love it. The guy's name is Kevin DeYoung. He says, one indispensable requirement for producing godly, mature Christians is godly, mature Christians. Hello? Revivals and moves of God are become short-lived because discipleship is not a priority. Revivals are short-lived. Moves of God become short-lived because discipleship is not a priority. I was listening to Dutch Sheets one day, and he was talking about, it was, you know, right, uh, right when the Jesus Movement movie came out. And if you lived in that time, you, you, you understand this. He said, in the Jesus movement, we did a real good job of Mark 16, go and preach the gospel. 
but we did a bad job at John, at, at, at John 28, go and make disciples. Because there was an influx. I mean, the gospel was going out. People were getting saved. Masses of people. But those people were not being discipled because they came into a church, and the church, honestly, the church didn't know how to deal with this. The church wasn't ready to deal with this. The church wasn't ready to take this on because these people, they didn't come in with suits and ties, singing Amazing Grace. They were long-haired, hadn't showered, no shoes. And the church's idea of discipleship was get your hair cut, put some shoes on, take a shower. That was the church's idea of discipleship. And so the church failed in this. That's why we are in the shape we are in right now. It's because the church at that time didn't slow things down. And start realizing, and if you watch the Jesus, the Jesus Movement movie, you see that that happens with, between Chuck Smith and Lonnie Frisbee. Chuck Smith realizes, wait, wait, I pushed him out there too quick. I got him out there too quick. I didn't take time. We didn't take time to discipleship and to, and to teach him. But that's going to be different with this move, at least here. Because we're going to be a church that knows how to make disciples. We are going to be disciples. Discipleship is made a pure priority. If spiritual maturity is emphasized, revival will be perpetual. I want you to think about that. If discipleship is made a priority, if spiritual maturity is emphasized, Revival will be perpetual. It won't end. A disciple doesn't follow popular trends or doctrines. A disciple follows the teacher. The focus is on what he says and does, not what others say about him, write about him, or claim about him. You see, and if you look, I'm running out of time. If you look right now, you can see, even though God is moving and we're seeing great things, you can see some, you can see some red flags. What do you mean red flags? People tend to put more emphasis on signs and wonders, even on their spiritual giftings, they place more emphasis on that than they do discipleship and being a good disciple and being a follower of Christ. You don't believe me? Have some guy come to town that has a deliverance ministry. I'm going there. Have some, have some guy come or some minister come that has a deliverance ministry, that has the signs and wonders. You'll pack the place out, but you cannot drag those people to a Bible study on Wednesday night. Try to get them onto a Sunday night service. God help us. I hope God appreciates the time that we give him. I hope God appreciates the time we allot for him to move in our lives. 
But if you place anything, I don't care if it's your spiritual giftings. I don't care if it's signs and wonders. Somebody, Lord help me. People who run after signs and wonders live spiritually challenged lives because those things have more emphasis in their lives than becoming a complete disciple of Christ. When God called his disciples, he didn't say, come and do signs and wonders. He didn't say, come and be prophets. He said, come and follow me. Come and be my disciple. That was the call they heard. That was the call they followed. All these other things came into line after that. The natural product of, of a disciple's life. I got to hurry. I'm worried. A disciple is not a learner. They are a doer. It's not just learning facts and doctrines. It's living out what you learn. Putting to practical use what you're taught. Simple agreement does not make one a disciple. Practice what you preach. True disciples manifest what is given to them. And we'll stop with this. A disciple is not just a professor. He is a possessor. A disciple is not just a professor. A disciple is a possessor. He doesn't just speak about what he believes. He possesses and he manifests what he believes. Lee Camp said this, and we're done. Jesus of Nazareth always comes asking disciples to follow him. Not merely accept him, not merely believe him, not merely worship him, but to follow him. Either one follows Christ or one does not. There is no compartmentalization of faith. No realm, no sphere, no business, no politic in which the lordship of Jesus Christ will be excluded. We either make him Lord of all lords or we deny him as Lord of any. Hallelujah. So this is what discipleship is. So next week we're going to talk about what Jesus said about discipleship. He said things like this, unless a man hates his mother, his brother, his sister, his wife, he cannot be my disciple. Unless he takes up his cross and follows me, he cannot be my disciple. So now that I told you all, none of you are going to show up. <laughs> no, this is tough. I know it is. Man, guys, this has been tough on me. This has been extremely hard on me because I'm having to take a look at myself and there are times I do not like what I see. But I am, I am convinced and I am determined that come hell or high water, I'm going to follow Christ. I don't care how many times I have to get up. I don't have, care how many times I have to start over. I don't have to care how many times I have to repent and say I'm sorry. I am going to be a disciple of Christ because I know that's what he's called me to be. Hallelujah. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.